always easy to find revelation. Go to the back of the book. <laughs> Praise God. Always good to read the last chapter of Revelation. You come out on top. You are victorious. Praise God. The Lord displays his power. Amen. Again, I want to congratulate the 20 who read through the scriptures uh, last year. Praise God. 20 of you. That's awesome. Very thankful for that and excited. Praise God. And trust that uh, you will rise to the challenge again and uh, increase even more because it's certainly doable. Amen. Give us this day our daily bread. And so you make it daily and uh, you'll get it done. Praise God. We thank the Lord for that. Revelation 1, 17 and 18. If you join with me in reading. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Praise God. The keys. I hope you're not getting tired of hearing about the keys. <laughs> There's more yet to come. Amen. And thank God the Lord has those keys. Praise God. Keys of hell and of death. How is that possible? Because he's God. Amen. Thank the Lord that we know his great power. Praise God. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. There's so many, so many points just in those two verses that uh, would draw our attention. Uh, John saw him. John, John saw him before with power and glory being displayed in this manner. Peter, James, and John on uh, the mount that is called Transfiguration. And he saw the glory of God. And now, years and years and years later, he's seeing him again. Now, in between those times, obviously, he saw the hand of the Lord displayed in great wonder and power. And he knew the faithfulness of the Lord. But here he is again, fixing his eyes upon the one who was eternal. <coughs> and uh, he fell at his feet as dead. It's just uh, showing the spiritual power that is so much greater than anything in the natural. Sometimes we may be tempted to look for what uh, we can gain in the natural and what we can obtain as far as power and influence and so on. But uh, help us, God, never to lose sight of the real power, the real victory. Amen. The real way maker, miracle worker. Praise God. And rest assured that he'll be there for us. And look at how close the Lord was to John. He laid his hand upon him. God wants to be close to you. God wants to be right next to you. Praise God. And thank the Lord we can put our trust in him. And then hear him declare, fear not, I am. And I noticed again how often he declares, I am, just in this short passage. I am the first and the last. I am 
he that liveth. I am alive forevermore. Praise God. I'm thankful for that power and that blessing and the fact that he holds the keys. Now, Lucifer wants the believers locked up with lies. That's his purpose. That's his direction. The devil is deceitful. Jesus said he's the father of lies, and he was a liar from the beginning. But with all of his lies, with all of his deceit, thank God that he can't make a lock that the Lord doesn't have the key. Praise God. No matter what kind of lock he tries to put upon you and your circumstances, I'm thankful the Lord is able to move in and say, I've got the key. I can set you free. I can deliver you. I can bring you into liberty. Praise God. Thank the Lord for his goodness. Now, it's common for us to have the experience of lost keys. Oh, how frustrating. And uh, we're so excited to be able to locate them. And we're so frustrated when we have to reproduce those keys and, uh, and have to or change the locks or whatever it might be so that we uh, know that our place is secure and uh, thieves and robbers and so on can't break in and all of that. I'm glad that the Lord doesn't lose the keys. Amen. I'm thankful that he maintains his hold upon them and makes them available for us. Fear not, he declared. Now, John is in a place where fear could possibly grip his heart. Fear could overshadow his mind. He's an elderly man. He's in a place where there would be those who would beat him, those who would rob him, those who would deprive him of comfort and food and so on. He's in a prison, and he needed keys to get out. But the Lord provided a way of escape that did not include walking away from the, or sailing away from the island of Patmos. But he felt the touch of the Lord's hand, and he knew that God had not forsaken him. He knew the promise was real, that the Lord would not abandon him and be there. So his means of escape was to be in the Spirit. He declared, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Thank God that there can be those times that we gather together in the name above every name and know the power of the Spirit to minister to us, to lift us up, to strengthen us, to give us direction. We hear His voice. We feel His touch. We know He's still declaring, fear not. Praise God. John furthermore declares, He carried me away in the Spirit. Oh, what a type of the rapture. What a type of the catching away of the bride of Christ. What a type of the church being in the presence of the Lord forever. Praise God. As John was writing Revelation, as the apostles were given that task of writing the word of the Lord, they would also look back to Scripture. They would also look back to promise. And they would know the hand of the Lord was there. For example, Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. You see, the Lord was using what had been written 
as a prototype long before and declaring it in the same manner and the same way to John and to all of us. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. What a promise. What a blessing, what a presence, what a power that we know we can rely upon today and know the blessings of the Lord. Let's review just quickly some of the experiences of believers who also would know the truth of this promise from Isaiah 41 and 10. And uh, perhaps even before that, be able to assure us what the Lord has declared is going to come to pass. Because they had experienced prisons before, even, even though it was long term, even though it was something to endure, they did come forth and know the power of the Lord. Joseph and the jails that he experienced, the pit was where he was placed by his brothers and then sold into slavery. It would seem as though he was sinking deeper and deeper and getting farther and farther away from what he had dreamed and what he had trusted and believed. His dream about his brothers and, uh, and it was something that he would recognize we're together. We're, we're going to be together, and uh, that's how it's going to be. And uh, thank God, even though they were bowing down before him, and, and we know what eventually had happened, their togetherness was there. But the treachery of his brothers, I'm sure, broke his heart. As the 20 pieces of silver were delivered to his brothers, and they doled out to them two pieces of silver each as he was marched away into slavery with that uh, group of merchants and traders. And then from his father's house to Potiphar's house. Still a prison. Still uh, in slavery. But the favor that came to him from God because God was with him. God did not forsake him. His brothers did. His brothers mistreated him. His brothers did him wrong. But the Lord was there with him. Praise God. And the favor that he received from Potiphar and how he was brought up and how he was elevated, how he was given more responsibility. But then the attitude of Mrs. Potiphar, the seduction attempts of Mrs. Potiphar, the treachery of Mrs. Potiphar, and the dungeon that he ended up with. I'm thankful that we read three times in the scripture that the Lord was with Joseph. And then again a fourth time as in a look back from Acts 7 and verse 9. The Lord was with Joseph. Thank God that we have that same promise. We have that same outlook. We have that same recognition that life has its ups and downs. But I'm going to have faith in the one who is first and last and know that he's going to bring me through. He's going to provide the way to escape. Praise God. And eventually Joseph would became in charge even in the prison. Even in the prison place he was elevated. Even in the prison he was given favor. And he interpreted the dreams, and finally there came the dream of the Pharaoh that he could not understand. Very troubling, very difficult for him to grasp. And Joseph was brought forth to, be, to give the interpretation. And we know, just to quickly hurry on with the story, his brothers did come in the time of famine, and they bowed down. But thankfully, Joseph was merciful. 
And Joseph gave them a prophecy. Joseph gave them an understanding that you're going to be in this land in Egypt for a time, but God will surely visit you and you will carry my bones out of here. I'm sure they wonder, what? We're, we're, we're given favor here. We're in the land of Goshen. We've got all that we need. This is, this is wonderful. But Joseph is telling them, no, God's got something more for you. Amen. And when you go, not if you go, but when you go, you carry my bones with you. Seems like an odd request. Seems like a strange situation that he's talking about. But then it came about exactly as it was supposed to in the plan of God. Israel is in bondage. God heard their cry and commissioned Moses. The ten plagues, as it were, would be like a key that was unlocking Pharaoh and his situation of, 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 and the bondage of Egypt. The Red Sea before them, you talk about a lock. You talk about a situation that is hard, a situation that is hopeless. The Red Sea before them, Pharaoh's army behind them. The devil probably thought, I've got them now. They're not going to escape. This is going to be a situation where I'm going to bring my vengeance upon them. <clears throat> but thank the Lord. God showed his power, that pillar of cloud that came between the enemy and Israel, the cloud that was darkness to the enemy and light to Israel. Oh, I'm thankful our God knows how to bring about the deliverance. God knows how to bring about his power. The separation of darkness and light was something that happened clear back in the beginning. God wants a separation of darkness and light. He doesn't want it to be together. Thank God we can walk in the light that he has provided and leave the darkness behind. Not desire to be in that darkness again, but to move into the light that he has provided. And I'm thankful that God knows how to part the waters. God knows how to open the way. God knows how to fulfill his promise and to bring forth his goodness. And when they went forth, what did they carry? Just as Joseph asked them, carry my bones out of here. And one scholar said 144 years after he made his request, amen, they brought his bones into the promised land. Usually we go to Joshua 24 to hear Joshua declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But at the ending of Joshua 24, sure enough, there's the fulfillment of the promise. Joseph's bones being buried in the promised land. Oh, thank God that the promise was fulfilled. The blessing of the Lord came to pass. The prophecy that Joseph gave was fulfilled exactly. And uh, they fulfilled their part of it. They carried on their responsibility. Thank God for the power and the promise of the Lord. And we are living in the time of the promise now. We are waiting for the shout and the voice and the trumpet. Praise God. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. I'm not going to have to gather the bones 
bones of my mother and my aunt. You're not going to have to gather the bones of those who've gone on before you. Thank God the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Oh, that God would help us to keep that promise alive. To keep that promise before us. To hold on to that promise and know that's what I'm living for. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm hoping for. Hallelujah. And keep it powerful in our experience so that we know I'm going to continue on with him. Praise God. Amen. I'm sure in your mind you're able to go through some prisons that the people of God had been delivered from. Uh, my wife played the, uh, the violin in an orchestra in high school. In fact, they were good enough, Mike, that they went to Hawaii and played over there. My goodness. I'd love to have heard her playing in the orchestra. But the three Hebrews were told, when you hear this symphony, I don't know if they had any violins in it. They had some stringed instruments, a zither. Crying out loud, what's a zither? Well, stringed instruments. But all of the harmony that they heard, all of the beautiful, I hope it was beautiful. I hope it wasn't a mishmash. I hope it wasn't a, a clamor and a chaos. I'm sure it sounded pretty good. The king would have said, I want it to sound good. And when everybody hears the sound, they bow down. Everybody did. Except those three young men. They're standing there looking at one another. We're not going to bend. We're not going to bow. I don't care how long they play that symphony. I'm not going to go along with that. There are some things that you've just got to decide. I'm not going along with in this world. I'm just not going to fit in. I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to continue my walk with God. I'm going to continue my devotion to Him. I'm going to know He's the first and the last again and again. I'm going to feel His touch. I'm going to hear His voice. I'm going to recognize He is declaring yet again, fear not. Praise God. And I'm going to continue serving Him. That symphony of sin might have sounded so nice, but you can't go along with it threatened with the furnace. They were resistant to the demands of idolatry and the king wanted to find out how fire resistant are you then. <laughs> but they were confident. God's going to deliver us. God's going to take care of us. But if not, we're not going to bow down. Praise God. And so, seven times hotter. Wow, that's pretty... Uh, that, that the king must have been in quite a rage for him to demand it be heated seven times hotter. I don't know how do they determine that. Seven times the amount of coal? Seven times the amount of wood? Seven, I don't know if they had a thermometer. Probably not. But uh, just, just recognizing, you know, that maybe it's hyperbole that he was boasting of there. I don't know. But it was hot. It was very hot. And they threw them in there with their coats on, their hats on. And uh, <laughs> just in case they didn't cool off, I guess. I'd, it always tickles me to think of how they were tossed in. But praise God. 
you can add to the statement they didn't bend, they didn't bow, they didn't burn. <laughs> the only thing that burned was how they were tied up, was how they were bound. Amen. The only thing that changed was because they were able to move into that realm of knowing the power and the blessing of the Lord. And again, I remind you of the promise, Isaiah 43 and 2, that is written, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Walking through the flames, walking through the fire, that doesn't seem like it's very possible. But when the king looked into the furnace, what did he see? He said, I, we had three thrown in there, bound, but I see them walking, and I see a fourth. Praise God. Oh, I'm thankful the Lord fulfills his word. I'm thankful the Lord knows how to bring about the promise of his word. They're not bound. They're walking. They're loose. Praise God. And they came out without the smell of fire. Well, that's something. You build a little fire out in your, your yard. You go on a picnic and you build a little fire uh, and uh, the smell is, is going to be upon you. Yeah, it's going to be there. On a hunting trip, came back and even my camera case smelled like smoke. It was amazing. But the king recognized the Most High God because they were loose, they were walking, and when they walked out, didn't have to be carried. When they walked out, they didn't even have the smell of smoke upon them. Praise God. Our God knows how to deliver. Our God knows how to unlock the prison doors. Our God knows how to use his keys. Praise God. Hallelujah. And when the king professed the most high God, not his idol, not his heathen ideas and, and, uh, and religious thought. When he exalted the Most High God, it was because they had come through the prison. And God had used his keys to unlock the door. God can use your tests. God can use your situations to unlock truth to others and they could recognize God does answer prayer. God does heal. God does provide. God does minister. God does lift up. Praise God. Oh, thank the Lord for his power and his goodness. I'm thankful that Jesus had the keys for healing. Never before had a man born blind be made to see, but that young man was healed and he could testify in He's saying, I, I don't know a whole lot. I don't know the answer to the questions that you're trying to confuse me with. with but this one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. Thank God you can't talk me out of what the Lord has done for me. You can't explain it away. You can't analyze it to the point that it's just something that's man-made. No, my God has stepped forth with his deliverance, with his healing, with his salvation, with his power. Hallelujah. Thank God that I know that I know that I know what God has done for me. 
Amen. Blind Bartimaeus the beggar became blessed Bartimaeus the believer because he was able to walk forth knowing that God had provided his sight. Hallelujah. Those four friends with faith carrying their, their friend with uh, a paralyzed condition up on the rooftop, lowering him down through. You know the story. They heard him being forgiven and they saw him being healed. Hallelujah. And they were astonished at the doctrine of the Lord because his word was with power. Thank God that word is still powerful today. It still unlocks situations. It still unlocks problems. It still unlocks difficulties. And the Lord can say it, and it's done. That centurion requesting prayer for his servant. I'm not worthy for you to come in under my roof. Just say the word. He understood authority. He operated in authority. And he knew the power of authority. And he recognized the Lord was able to do that kind of work as well. Say the word. And the Lord did. And the servant was healed. Praise God. But I'm thankful the Lord is not hesitant to put forth his hand and touch situations that we may feel a little bit squeamish about. We may feel, oh, that's, I don't know if the Lord can work in that situation. A leper was touched by the Lord. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, declaring to him, I will, because the leper came with the request, if you will, Lord, you can heal me. And the Lord simply answered, I will. Be thou clean. And immediately... His leprosy was cleansed. Oh, thank God for the power of the Lord. Ten lepers were cleansed. Amen. Because of the power of the Lord. Our God is so great. He's so wonderful. He's got keys for every situation. Amen. Death, death seems so final to us. Death seems so irreversible. Death seems like there's nothing that we can do to reverse it or change it or stop it. It comes forth, but I'm thankful my Lord gave examples in his word about the, uh, the deliverance from death, the 12-year-old, a man who would be able to testify in a youth group today, I died because of the disease. I died because of the circumstances. I was only 12 years old, but my dad went and got Jesus of Nazareth, and he came to my house. He called me forth. He grabbed me by the hand. He raised me up. Praise God. Hallelujah. And oh, the widow of Nain and, uh, and reunited with her son. Risen and restored because the Lord has the key. Oh yes, he does. Lazarus being delivered as they rolled the stone aside as he walked out and they unwrapped the grave clothes because God has the keys. Amen. But why was he killed? Why didn't he call the angels? Why didn't he just snap his fingers and change the situation? Why didn't he just flick those soldiers in the head when they were slapping him and spitting on him and smashing the crown of thorns upon his head so that the blood flowed freely from his forehead? Why didn't he do it? Because he wanted to finish it. He wanted to complete it. He wanted to get it done. And when he cried out on the cross, it is finished. Death, the last enemy 
that 1 Corinthians 15 identifies. The last enemy was destroyed. Praise God. I'm thankful for the power of the Lord. I'm thankful for the blessing of God. I'm thankful for the commitment to his word and to his promise and how it would be fulfilled. That's why he could declare to John there in that instance, I am alive forevermore. Praise God. Thank the Lord. The tomb could not hold him back. The sealed stone could not lock up the Savior. I'm thankful the devil can't make a lock that the Lord doesn't hold the key. Amen. He has the keys of death and hell. Praise God. I'm thankful for that power because Hebrews 2, 15 and, or 14 and 15, let us know that the Lord came to destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and to deliver all of us who have fear of death. But the Lord lets us know he's got the keys. Praise God. And we can be moved into his presence and know the blessing of the Lord to be there and the hand of God to be displayed. The Lord gave the keys of the kingdom to Peter. And Peter was used by God to open the keys to the, uh, the, open the door of the kingdom with the keys that God had given to him to the Jews, to the Samaritans, to the Gentiles when he preached repentance, which is death and baptism, which is burial, and resurrection, which is powerful life in the Holy Ghost. Praise God and thank the Lord that God showed his power in every instance. In Acts chapter 2, chapter 8, chapter 10, the, the hand of God was displayed and the same keys were used to bring salvation and deliverance to those who could receive it, those who could believe it, those who could claim it and know the power of the Lord. And then there were literal keys again in Acts chapter 12 when Peter was in prison and the church prayed without ceasing and the angel came and smote him on the side to get him up put on your, your sandals gird yourself and they went out the first ward the second ward and the iron gate opened by itself because the chains had fallen off when Peter awoke and stepped forth to follow the angel all the way out of the prison. Praise God. I'm thankful the Lord has the keys. Amen. What a great God. What a powerful God. And I'm thankful for the blessing of fellowship and the resurrection and the power and the glory that the Lord has provided. Paul declared, oh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Thank God that there would be that resurrection power that he would make known. But we've got to be able to finish the verse as well because he said the fellowship of his suffering. I'm not too sure I want to go that route. Some qualify their walk with God by saying, I'll follow you, Lord, until it gets hard. I'll follow you, Lord, till I'm tempted. You know, I can resist, resist anything but temptation. And uh, just go on, you know, f just stumbling and, and, uh, and barely following on. And, mo and lots of times just turning away. But oh, thank God we can determine in our hearts, I'm going to follow the Lord. And God will bring it. If God could deliver the Apostle Paul from what he listed in 2 Corinthians 11. An incredible list of suffering. An amazing litany of the things that he had gone through. And uh, the three shipwrecks, uh, I'll mention those, the three shipwrecks that he went through, 
but he didn't make a shipwreck of his faith. He held on to the one who was first and last. Praise God. He testified about the Lord to kings because he served the king of kings. Thank God for the open door that Paul talked about. Thank God that the Lord shuts doors that nobody can open and he opens doors that nobody can shut. Thank God there's an open door for the church today. It opened on the day of Pentecost. It hasn't closed yet. Thank God that we can move into the realm of knowing there is power in the name of Jesus Christ for healing, for forgiveness. Hallelujah. He's still pouring out his spirit. And the power of God is continuing to be displayed. I know I love to read Revelation. Some of it I don't understand. I'm not sure about the timeline. Not sure how it's going to come to pass. But I know this part. There's an angel that has a chain. There's an angel that has a key. There's an angel that knows where the bottomless pit is. Hallelujah. And he's going to take that old devil, that dragon, the, the, the serpent, Satan, praise God. And he's going to shut him up in that pit for a thousand years and seal it. Now the devil thought he's going to shut Daniel up in the lion's den. He's going to put a seal on it and a stone there, and that's it. But God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths. Praise God. And Daniel was delivered because God knows how to use the keys. The Roman seal that was put on the tomb with the stone that was rolled in front of the tomb that contained the Savior. Thank God the Lord brought forth his deliverance and his power. And when that angel with the key, that angel with the shiny chain, that angel with the bottomless pit throws the devil down in there and seals it and shuts him up let's see how the devil can deal with it now he won't be able to deal with it at all until the thousand years of peace are ended and after that thousand years he'll be loosed for a little while I thought why keep him there that's a good place for him but he's got a work choice for those who were born in that thousand year period of peace upon the earth. Choice. We all have that choice. But thank God there is a final defeat that is coming for the devil. A lake of fire. You're going to be on streets of gold. You're going to be looking at walls of jasper, a crystal sea, a gate of pearl. Praise God. But a lake of burning fire is where the devil is going. Hallelujah. Thank God never to get out. But our choice now, our choice. The one with the keys says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Well, wait, you've got the keys. Open the door. No, he goes on to say, If any, anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. A relationship, a fellowship, praise God, a continuation of what the Lord desires. No more hunger and thirst, the Bible says. Revelation 7:16. I'm thankful that promise is there. 
when we open our heart to the Lord. We get, surrender our life to him. We follow through on what his word declares. We obey him. Praise God. We'll have a natural hunger. We'll have a natural thirst. That will continue on in our human condition. But praise God, spiritually, doesn't have to be hunger and thirst because we found what satisfies. We found what answers. We found what uh, is able to fill all of the hunger and all of the thirst within our souls. Praise God. He has the keys for our situations. He has the keys for our emergencies. He has the keys for everything we face, every dilemma, every disaster, every catastrophe. Thank God the Lord is there to minister with his power. He has the keys for your situation. I'm so thankful we can still feel his touch. We can still hear his voice. We can still step into his presence. We can still know that we can be carried off in the spirit. Praise God. Moved above the circumstances. Moved above the difficulties. And know there is coming the day when that final move in the spirit is going to take place. And we'll be in his realm forever. Praise God. Oh, I want to hear him say, fear not again. I want to be in his presence again. I want to feel his touch again. Praise God. And know the power of his goodness to minister in our lives. Because he has the keys. Yes, he does. Your circumstance, your situation, your needs. Amen. Let's stand together now. John said it, the end of his gospel. If all of the things that Jesus did had been written down, the world couldn't contain the books. There would be too many. Amazing illustration for the Perkins about the, uh, the number but what about the works of Jesus? Still couldn't contain it. We could go on and on and on about the keys that the Lord used. So many circumstances, so many needs, so many situations, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. He took care of it because he's got the keys. Praise God. That's who I'm going to trust. That's who I'm going to rely upon. Amen. The Gospels are amazing in what they've written and included about situations that the Lord delivered people from. This group right here would have story after story, situation after situation of how God used the keys to deliver you and bring you forth. Praise God. And thank the Lord. He still does it. He still provides. He still promises. And he fulfills that promise again and again. I'm going to look for him for those keys. Hallelujah. And the Lord doesn't think things are, are too small. Oh, I've got a cough. Or I've got a, a runny nose. That's not too small. The Lord can take care of that situation. Praise God. 
I've got cancer. I've got a heart condition. The Lord has the keys to the healing for that. Amen. I've got memories. I've got torment. I've got situations that I can't escape. They're there again and again. The Lord has the keys. Deliverance. Cleansing. Praise God. Relief. Peace. Oh, thank God that we put our trust in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You're thankful that the Lord has given keys to you in the past, or you're in need of keys today. Please come. Please come. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. We're going to believe God. <coughs> We're going to put our trust in him again. Thank the Lord for his goodness. Thank the Lord for his power. Thank the Lord for his blessing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah.